morning. Hey, Peter. How's it going? Good. How are you? Yeah, great, man. Mm. Awesome. So you can, you can hear me fine? Perfectly. Mm. Great. Well, thank you so much for, for joining. Um, I'm not sure if you remember, but you were on my previous podcast that I had was In the Know. And yeah. I really and, that video on my computer. I was sitting in my lounge at the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it was a, a great conversation and uh, sort of the starting point for me. And, and you've been a, a big influence, your, your company and your, um, advice to, to work with Cacao and sending me on the, in the right direction. And so I've gone through, um, some changes and, and learned a lot. And now, now that we spoke more about the superfoods and the health benefits of it specifically, I wanted to get you on this podcast to, to talk more about your journey, um, how you started, why you decided to, to live a healthy lifestyle and, and sort of just paint a picture about the journey that you've had and, and how a, this healthy lifestyle can really change uh, someone's life for, for the good. So, sure. Um, sure. Uh... <laughs> so we're going to have to backtrack a few. Uh, quite a few years and uh, no, no, it's all right. Okay, I can take it out. <laughs> mm, mm. Living out in the, in the middle of nowhere on my farm in nature, life becomes so much about the moments that to realign history oh. takes a bit of effort and energy. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, mm. Sure, I mean, my uh, wife and I got together when we were very young, we were 19, and uh, she'd been into a healthy diet and lifestyle. Her dad had cancer for most of her teenage years. So, you know, at that time, there wasn't the internet. They just did research in books and things, and they found various African authors who were suggesting plant-based diets and fasts and various detox and things. So she had already been exposed to a lot of that. Uh, at 19, I was totally clueless. And, uh, you know, I started steaming vegetables yeah. myself. Really? These tastes quite good. Wow, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, and then we moved to England, and we lived there for almost five years. And during that time, I was introduced into the health food movement there, which was quite a lot more progressed. And in South Africa, we had to attend a lot of health trade shows. So I went to a lot of talks and met people selling various superfoods and health foods and just started doing my own research and learning around it. And, you know, I think my, my biggest wake-up call came when I was on uh, UPW with Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know Tony Robbins. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I went to his Unleash the Power Within course. Oh, and, wow. Uh, with 12,000 people with us in a massive yeah. hall in London, in Docklands. And, uh, you know, it's a four-day event. And the first three days is all just about mental and emotional repatterning, dealing mm -hmm. with uh, the baggage left over from childhood and how to integrate that so that you're living your greatest day-to-day -day every day rather than being hamstrung by, you know, false ideas about yourself that you've, you know, basically been implanted from childhood. Mm. And then the fourth day of that event got into food and the whole day was just on how food is farmed today, how chemicals are added to food, factory farming and the dangers of eating factory farmed food. And a lot of that was new info to me. It was mind blowing. And I remember distinctly leaving that event and driving. We had to drive around the long N25 ring road up to where we lived. 
And I just didn't mm-hmm. shut up for two hours, just going on and on and on to and how amazing that info was. And I feel like this is my life calling to share this kind of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if that stuff is true, then why doesn't everybody know this kind of stuff? Yeah. So that kind of multiplied me on to, you know, years and years, now decades of doing my own research. I've tried to do a few nutritional courses and I just find it way too slow. You know, I can just digest information through podcasts and videos and audios and Mm-hmm. And it works yeah. much quicker. So in just delving deep, deep into nutrition and and what humans need to live. And yeah, I then did other courses with David Wolf and uh did some fasts with Gabriel Cousins and you know, just absorbed as much information from these titans in the health food world as possible and was hugely inspired. We uh they moved back to South Africa. What is that? Uh 90 I'm going to get my days right, 2000 and early 2000, 2005. And okay. uh, went through our own detox and cleanse. Uh, you know, we'd heard about the raw food lifestyle movement while in the UK. And I'd always been pretty sickly, you know, lots of colds and flus. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I was pretty pre-diabetic to ramp and crazy blood sugar levels throughout the day. So I got into doing some heavy metal cleansing because I also my mouth was full of mercury fillings. And I learned that uh-huh. that was really not good for you and your brain. So I had, I think, eight or nine removed over a six-month period. Went through heavy metal detoxes, uh, cut out all. We basically got given a challenge on Tony's course to cut out any processed, heavily processed foods or foods that have ingredients in it that you don't know what they are or can't pronounce it. And that's pretty much got us into label reading. So if you went to the store, if there was one or two or three ingredients that you knew what they were and they sounded like foods, you could get it. Uh, so, if you didn't know what the stuff was, just put it straight back. So that limited our, you know, our junk food intake quite a lot. And then going through that vegan challenge and, you know, experiencing how light and clear my body felt without any of the pro-inflammatory foods like dairy uh, and animal foods. So that really inspired us. And, you know, I, I was then a raw vegan for seven years, 100% raw and 100% vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for most of that time, I mean, it was pretty amazing, like the, the clarity, the presence, the, I mean, we were running business from sunrise to sunset, traveling all over South Africa, doing workshops and courses every single week. We wrote two mm. books in that time. We started our superfoods company, importing superfoods from around the world, visited a lot of our, our suppliers around the world too. So a lot of traveling. So, you know, a lot of energy came from that. And, uh, that's often called the honeymoon effect with, uh, with veganism or with raw foodism. You know, the mm-hmm. body is craving a cleanse and craving clean nutrition so much that after years of eating junk food, it just has this amazing, like, lightening feeling, which mm-hmm. is very common. Um, so, yeah, truly, I mean, for me, I didn't get into it because of, um, you know, animals, what happens to animals. Like, I mean, I watched a lot of those documentaries uh, that talk about how poorly animals are treated, and it's shocking. I mean, that's, no one should ever buy factory farm uh, food, but for me, it was more how am I feeling internally? Is this increasing my awareness? Because my background was very much not food, it was more personal development. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trained as an NLP coach, and I've been into oh. different courses and workshops around how to shift your states and how to take back control and sovereignty of your own mind and emotional body. Uh, mm-hmm. And then recognizing how important food was as a component to that. You know, if yeah. you are housed in a body that's it's highly chemicalized and toxic and damaged. You know, your your primary emotional and mental expression is going to be one of pain because your body's in pain. 
And it was just such an obvious thing that I never got before. So it's like, no, mind over matter. It doesn't matter what's going on in the body. Yes. Just focus yeah. on the positive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I suppose if people have enough personal power, maybe they can do that. I think it's very rare. For me, when I felt my body drop into being calm and peaceful for the first time in my life, it became mm. so much easier to manage my own states mentally and emotionally. So I think there's, there's 100%. You create your reality by the outpicturing of your internal imaging, which is programmed from birth, and that it gets fed back to you. So it's a loop. And your body is the instrument between you and your world. So if you can get that body into alignment with itself through eating real foods and being cleansed, everything else just works way better. Mm. I've uh, recently really gotten into paleolithic uh, perspective. And what I like about it is it, it touches on the fact that as hominids, we've been on this planet for a very long time. And our ancestors have been evolving on this planet for millions and millions of years. And we've mm. been living a certain way for most of that time. And that way is small bands of hunter-gatherers who roam around, you know, wild foraging food and living outside and, you know, being connected to larger family units, sharing responsibilities for food and children. And it's only very, very recently in the last few thousand years that that has shifted radically through, you know, the food revolution, industrial revolution. So, you know, if you look at the the length of us as humans, like 1% or less is our current state of living and so for me when you want to look at how to stay healthy you just have to look at how we evolved in harmony with earth and with nature and go well how have we changed now what has Mm -hmm. changed so if you look at food and the way we farm food and the way we eat food and the way we process food it's radically different i mean it's like 99 percent difference genetically Mm -hmm. modified foods chemicals that are added to food you know growing only certain strains of crops because they're high in sugar and carbohydrates you know, we don't get wild food anymore. We hardly grow our own food anymore. It's just, it's a major break. And I call it the continuum. So the continuum concept is a book that I really fell in love with when I had our, when we had our first child, Katara. And many people read it when they're becoming parents. Um, have you read that? No, I haven't. I highly recommend it. John Leadlock. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a short book, but you really only have to read the first few chapters to get the gist of, of the idea. And she basically spent time with an Amazonian tribe um, in mm. the early 60s. And what she recognized is that the kids didn't cry when, you know, she was used to living in England where children were a nightmare all the time. They were always unhappy, always snotty, always, you know, crying for attention. But these kids were always happy. And so she started critically analyzing and looking at what they did differently. And uh, obviously Mm -hmm. they live a completely different lifestyle. And a lot of that is due to parents or at least the tribe seeing them as sovereign beings and that they're a part of the tribe, that they aren't property owned by the adults. And I think mm-hmm. that's a huge difference in the way we live life today. You know, so many parents just by default because of their conditioning think that they have this responsibility to train their children to behave like they behave, even if their results yeah. are stuck, you know, if they're like mm-hmm. unhappy in their life and their relationships falling apart and they hate their job, you know, no, the children must be the same. And for me, yeah. that was absurd. And so, you know, food was a huge part of my journey of evolution. And then when children came along, it just took a whole nother level because, you know, when I recognized the conditioning and the happening, I was now passing on to them. It's like rocket fuel to get it right. So as right as possible. And so yeah. her book really talks about how to look at our history and to go, what is continuum? Because as soon as you change that continuum too radically, it causes stress in the system. 
psychologically, emotionally, physiologically. And so for me today, we're radically out of continuum in our ancestry. And so there's no, you know, to me, it's, it's obvious that people would be sick and dying at the moment when we're this far from our natural, you know, states. You know, you don't need coronavirus to kill millions of people. It's happening anyway. Just check the cancer rates, yeah. check the heart disease rates, check the medicine killing people, which is the third highest cause of death in America. You know, everyone's mm. going crazy about coronavirus. It is nothing on lifestyle diseases currently. And I don't see the world being locked down for those. And I think, you know, one of the things I've recognized in this whole corona story, too, is how little people know about health. I mean, I've been mm. in the game for nearly 20 yeah. years, like giving the message out, going like, you control your health. You know, the germ theory of disease has been debunked. It's been disproved. The idea that germs can just come and infect you and you suddenly get sick and you've got no control of your life. You know, that's ideology designed to keep you a slave that you do not have control and power of your own health. You absolutely do. I mean, it's like, look at the goldfish swimming in the pond. The pond is filthy. Let's vaccinate the fish. No, let's clean the bloody water. Then the goldfish will be happy again. The human body is exactly the same. We're mostly water. We're really a skin and a, with a sack of water inside. The, the, the more toxins, the more poisons, the more chemicals you put into that, the more unhealthy you're going to be, the more susceptible you are going to be to all sorts of infections, whether it's viral or that microbial. So as soon as you cleanse your body properly, you get real food into you and you start living a healthy lifestyle in harmony with your continuum of your ancestry for millennia, you're not going to be sick. You lose all fear of sickness. It's no longer part of your vocabulary. So like you know, any viral outbreak out there, I have zero fear for it. It's absolutely none because when you understand health, you have zero fear for it because it, it doesn't make any sense. You can't mm -hmm. catch something unless you're already in major dysbiosis internally if you haven't been looking after yourself. I don't see anyone standing on a podium going, People should be more healthy. They should eat less junk food. We should make junk food illegal. We should force None people to eat natural, homegrown mm -hmm. food and health food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I covered the history well enough. So, I mean, there's also a section on plants and animal food I can get into, if you like. Yeah, we can get into that. Um, but also, I just want to touch on a few points there. And um, and I agree 100% what you're saying is, yeah, food has a big part to play, but it's also our environment. So when you're talking about um, our ancestors living out, going uh, hunting, gathering, and being connected into nature, that all plays a part with um, how our bodies are feeling, how our minds are feeling, our physical state, mental state, and that community. Look, I'm, I'm here at home. And, and you just see everyone in their own little box and no one's talking to anyone. And now with the whole COVID um, story and the lockdown, it's you're only talking to a few people. Everyone is is sad and um, getting mentally depressed, uh, you know, and that all plays a part. And then that, so that's when food comes in as comfort. And it's just a whole big cycle that um, really plays a you know, not so nice part now that we're living in this 21st century. So. Yeah, the, the number that. one longevity metric is community, like across the board. Mm -hmm. You know, food is important, but the number one metric is, are you living in community with people that you trust and that you love? Are you sharing? We are, you know, beings who interact. This is how we've evolved. We've depended on, we've absolutely our survival historically has depended on the close-knit nature of our communities of our tribes without that like without someone watching your back all the time we would not have survived mm -hmm. up until now and it's this 
you know, bizarre technological world we live in that has kind of allowed people to become more and more disconnected from each other and from themselves and from nature. And to me, mm. that's the primary cause of disease. You know, I, mm. I'm very lucky. I spent 10 years, you know, visioning and manifesting a place out of the city for myself. But I'm outside pretty much all day, except when I have to sit in my office and do some work sharing this kind of information. I live outside with a glass roof on me, with stars shining mm. on me. I grow my own food. I drink water from my own dam and my own spring. You know, I've designed my life to be as connected to that ancient way as humanly possible. But still, like, I don't mission around enough during the day like I Street would have done. Like, exercise is something I have to work towards. So we're mm -hmm. so far removed from that utopian, you know, place that it requires a lot of effort. And right now, with these insane measures to combat an insane virus, it's making it way worse. People are going to get so much more sick because mm -hmm. of, you know, the way they're living now. And, uh, you know, I, if I hear the new normal one more time, I think I'm going to punch someone because it's total rubbish. The new normal needs to be one of more love, more connectivity, more honoring, more consciousness, more understanding about your part in health and not giving up your responsibility for your health to some corporate organization that actually is just caring about profits. It doesn't care about your health at all. And that's mm. often what people don't recognize with eating food or living life. You know, they're consumers and they choose products based on advertising and what their friends are using without any idea that those companies are in it to make a profit and they'll do whatever they can to make more of a profit. You know, mm -hmm. and if that means hurting you and your family, oh, well, tough. It's all about yes. money. When you follow the money with anything, you get right to the roots of it. So, you know, conspiracy theories abound, but for me, it's as simple as just who's going to make the most money out of any change that's implemented. When you follow that, mm. you understand it's, it doesn't have to be more complicated. And with the mm. food you're eating, if you're supporting your local farmer who's growing food naturally, or you're supporting, you know, your local community that has a market that's selling food that's grown locally, that's a very different energy to supporting a big agribusiness that's plowing tons of chemicals into the soil every year and then altering the food and damaging it and putting it in, in packaging that you're then buying at a supermarket. I mean, it's people get to choose how they want their world to look and how they want their world to be. And, uh, you know, it, it requires people to wake up to that fact, to change the world. When you're a sheeple and you're a slave to big companies, they are going to maintain their rule over, over life. You know, <laughs> you know I, I kind of ran away from the city to try and get away from that. But it takes everyone's you know, consciousness to be able to stand up and say, I'm not for this. I'm not going to support GMO Monsanto food. I'm going to find mm -hmm. out where they sell their food and how they sell it. I'm going to avoid it. That is where your power lies as a consumer in this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I do want to touch also on the fact that it's also set up to not be easy. So there, there's a, I mean, you and I, we've, we've been, um, the world that we had because we saw, we saw it and there, there was a, an innate shift within us that allowed us to continue, even though things were coming from the side and we would fall off the wagon, but come back. Um, a lot of people have fallen off the wagon and sort of maybe even gone worse off. And I just want to ask, like, how, how could we make sure that we're always on the path? Because, you know, li living a healthy lifestyle, first and foremost, is not easy. Like some, some people don't have communities. Some people don't have local farmers. You know, we still have to buy from pick and pay and checkers. And there's, you know, there's very little nutrients in them. So our bodies also feel empty. 
and um, still full of chemicals. What, like, how can we, does it start with an emotional um, thing? Does it start with a mental thing that we have to um, get educated? Or how do you think is the best way forward to actually start saying, yes, I want to control um, my reality and make it a better place for myself? Okay, so for me, ideology is a bit of a strange one for that because, you know, people fall off the wagon because they got on the wagon in the first place. Uh, and I was on the wagon for many, many, many years, and it's called an ism. So it's when you have a belief that's boxed in an ism, whether it's veganism or whether it's, uh, I don't know, whatever ism you want, anything that ends in an ism is an ideology. And for me, mm -hmm. ideology can get you started because it opens your mind up to a new way of being, but at the same time, it boxes you. For me, the world and the response you get from your interaction with the world is your highest truth and your highest feedback. When you have an ideology in your head that tells you how the world should be, you're no longer getting accurate feedback from your world. So you're trying to force your idea of how life should be on the world, and it doesn't actually work like that. If you can be clear and open, you can be present, and you can get that feedback from your body and from your mind and from your heart. So... You know, ideology is great. It gets change happening. Uh, that's why for me, I love the, the paleo perspective because it's not an ideology. It's just going as humans who have been in this form for a very long time. What have we done? Because evolution takes many, 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 many thousands of years. You know, genetic evolution for you to change gen genetically. Obviously, bacterial and viral evolution is much quicker. And so our microbiome, microbiome, which makes our hollow biome, that allows us to adapt to changes in our reality much quicker than genetic adaptability. But our genes really set the stage on how our body interprets and handles our world. And if you know the, our genes haven't changed for thousands of years, just sticking to what we did in the past is your most safe place with health. So if your ideology is based on history of how we used to live and so you're always moving your life towards being as natural as an in integrated in the way that we've lived for as long as possible then it's a much simpler way of doing it so when you pick up you know a bag of pretzels in a supermarket and you go like so how natural is this how like how would my ancestors have been exposed like clearly not no they would never have seen it ever Mm -hmm. Like there are chemicals mm -hmm. in there that have only been in our environment for 50 years. It's not food. It's not part of it. And that's like, oh, shit, okay, like I'll avoid that. And if you manage to do that and you've taken all four elements of health into account, so that's exercise, it's water, it's food, um, and it's your mental and your emotional state. Like if you take into all those accounts, so you're exercising every day, you're drinking clean water and enough water, you're eating high-quality, decent food, and that doesn't have to be expensive food. It just needs to be real food, like it's a broccoli versus a pretzel, you know? Mm -hmm. Or for some people, it's going to be a, a farm Angus steak versus a, you know, genetically modified factory farm-fed one from Pick and Pay. Yeah. You know, they're major differences. If you look at those and you focus a little bit on each area, you're going to feel so good that you're going to want to stick with it. And for me, that's the most powerful way to continue doing it because now your wagon is your Corvette. You know, you're moving through the world more effectively, more powerfully because you can feel the changes happening in your body. And initially in the first couple of months, it's rough because there's a lot of cleansing that usually happens. You've got to get rid of up to like 5,000 odd chemicals that you've, you know, got floating around your bloodstream. And that doesn't mm -hmm. feel nice when that stuff starts coming out. It doesn't feel nice when that starts releasing emotional trauma that you've been suppressing mm -hmm. through 
medicating with junk food for most of your life. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that's where the, the, the power, that's where the, you've got to like dig deep and go, I want this, you know, so how, how hard have you been pushed up against the wall? Because for a lot of people, they're going to get cancer before they recognize, shit, I've got to make a change. Otherwise, I'm out of here. You know, so yeah. what is your motivating force? And for some people, it's when they have children. They're like, I want to be healthy for my children. So that's my motivating force. I want to be healthy for my partner. It's amazing. For most people, being healthy for themselves is not strong enough as a motivating force because they've been programmed and conditioned mm-hmm. their whole lives that they are not worth it, that there's something wrong yeah. with them, that they're mm-hmm. a problem. That's mm-hmm. the conditioning we get through school and through media. The conditioning is there's something wrong with your desires. You're not okay. Stop asking for what you want. And to start bringing that back in again, where you start recognizing and honoring that your desires to be healthy and to be happy, that's your primary driver in your life. I mean, that charges your life more than anything else. And getting in touch with that again, it's, it's a bit of a rocky road initially. You know, but mm. I think where people can do it at a pace that they can manage. So to go on a 10-day water fast from zero is dangerous and foolish and you just mess yourself up. Start yeah. slowly, start changing your diet slowly, start including, incre- and that for me is like that. Just add in and just take out. Just slowly mm-hmm. start adding in more natural versions of what you've been eating. So if you're used to eating, you know, junk chocolate, start adding in more raw cacao. You're just mm-hmm. replacing one thing with another. You know, you don't want to yeah. go. I'm like we, when we stop eating chocolate, we stop eating chocolate, and it was like, oh, we love chocolate, shit. Uh, now with raw cacao available you can make that change you know if you're used to eating genetically modified maize just switch to organic or non-gmo maize if you're used to eating you know animal foods like eggs or anything else that has like a free range label on it which is meaningless move to organic or move to a local farmer you know those are the most powerful changes you can make initially Mm. Mm. yeah and I always say it's your why. The, the bigger your why is, the further it will carry you on. Because especially like you're saying, as we begin, we're all going to go through emotions. We're all going to go through those uh, should I, shouldn't I. And we look at prices. Biggest thing for people is looking at prices. But if we understand that why, it just keeps us coming back to that center. Keep us coming back. And like... Uh, it's realigning what... Sorry, you know, like realigning our, the idea of pricing, you know, prices from a supermarket, yeah. they they pray. I mean, in South Africa, many food companies, you know, they get given money for keeping prices low. So mm-hmm. supporting your local farmers, you know, those prices are pretty damn low too. And I know it takes a little bit more effort, yeah, but it's, mm-hmm. it's reprogram the why, as you said, is so important. Understanding like why it is you're making these changes. And in our world today, we're poised on a precipice you know, what do people inherit? Do they want a world where, you know, your food comes from massive agri-corporations that don't give a shit about your health, where medicine is forced upon you whether you like it or not, like where all choice for your health and your health sovereignty are taken away and given to corporate companies and governments? Like if that's the world that people want to inherit because it's happening right now, that's what they're going to get. The only force that stands between you know, a world where you get to choose how you'd like to live and how healthy you'd like to be is a world where you stop supporting that kind of idea and you stop supporting those companies that are pushing that agenda. So maybe that's a strong enough why for people. But, Mm. you know, to your point, you have to find your own why. You know, know thyself is the central tenet. You've got to figure out what makes you tick, what is important enough for you to make radical changes and long-lasting changes in your health 
Yeah. And I also want to bring up uh, the point of when you were talking about going back to ancestral living, going back to, to our roots. So um, uh, I'm a Sangoma now, and through through the whole journey of doing health and, and not knowing my path, not understanding anything, being completely confused, Sangoma is bringing yourself back to remember who your ancestors are, connecting back to your ancestors connecting back to to the roots, to your roots of where you come from. And um, on a spiritual level, you know, that really brought me to understand who I am and what I need to do. And that also brought a deeper understanding to why we should live healthy and why we should be connected in this way. So when you talk about um, eating like your ancestors, it's important. It's very important to understand that and to understand the patternings because then you're not fighting against nature. You're not fighting against who you are because our ancestors are in our DNA. They are part of who we are. They all their genetic code since the dawn of time of your lineage has been brought to make this body your body. So if you're going to give it fuel that it doesn't recognize, it's not going to uh, uh, co um, combat, <laughs> combat. And 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 when you're going back to the that ways. Your body will recognize, your ancestors will recognize, everything will start to align uh, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And, and that's why um, I enjoy what you're saying about um, going back to that. Yeah. And, and I mean, in South Africa, especially, like, that ancestral mm. way is not far. You know, it's not far mm. at all. The hundred mm. years, a little bit more. And this whole, you know, th this fake idea of wealth and city living has forced so many or created a situation so many people have abandoned their old traditional ways yeah you know, and and it's a total lie those old traditional ways are more in harmony with nature you will live a happier healthier life by far you know and then there's the flood to the city for the for the, mm -hmm. for the potential of wealth which only like less than one percent of the world's population even has and they control the rest through the companies it's just totally insane so yes, yeah. honor your traditions, honor your ancestry. And the big way of doing that is to stop supporting big agribusiness that is destroying mm -hmm. the earth and destroying uh, free sovereign humans' life on this earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so now that also brings back to the point of um, animal foods and where that plays a part in, in our diets. Because oh. I know also for a long time you've been raw vegan um, and sorry, I'm also on ten percent now. And, and uh, what what made the shift for you to to start including animal foods, and why should we think about it? So my journey, really, the last year or so of being raw vegan, uh, I was trying to get more into athletics and uh, fitness and that kind of stuff, and I just found that. I just couldn't maintain my energy levels much. I was getting tired quite a lot. Um, my performance was pretty bad. Uh, so I had like, and I was tracking my bloodstream too. My vitamin B12 levels were dropping quite badly. My homocysteine were increasing to a point where I was now at risk for cardiovascular disease. I was like, hang on, if I'm living the healthiest diet that I can, this should not be the case. And so doing research into those kind of things, I recognize, okay, well, I need to supplement in order to be healthy and well. And then I went, hang on a moment. 
now I'm dependent on a on a corporation again to keep me healthy. Like, and I just started living out of the city too. And I was like, that's insane. If my diet and my lifestyle was effective in keeping me well, I shouldn't need to be dependent on a system to keep me healthy. And so I really had to make the choice. Do I want to supplement myself healthy or do I want to eat foods that support my body naturally to be healthy? And because I'm very into food, food is my whole thing. The choice wasn't hard to make. And so I then started looking at foods that provide me those nutrients that I potentially be lacking as a vegetarian vegan. And uh, also just deeply researching the whole thing. Like, you know, is there a history of a vegan culture in the world? No, there isn't. Like, what is the current science saying about vegetarian veganism and nutrient deficiency? And there's a lot of really potent scientific studies that have come out now. And one of the things I found in those studies was quite amazing is that they've looked at people who eat a healthy omnivorous diet compared to a vegetarian diet. Because some of the original studies were people being compared to a vegetarian diet to a junk food omnivorous diet. Now, if you're on a junk food omnivorous diet, your health metrics are going to be shot worse than a vegetarian diet, for sure, because vegetarian people tend to be more interested in health anyway, so they're making better choices for themselves. But if you compare a healthy omnivore to a vegetarian, the outcomes are better across the board. So I started making changes for myself in my own life. I started including things like oysters initially. Um, and the experience of how my body felt getting those nutrients in, in a food form was profound, you know, and it just, it, it, there was like a good year or two of a lot of like soul searching and questioning ideology because, you know, I was a staunch vegan, big believer in that. And for me to go like, maybe it's not about veganism was very challenging for me. It was like a dark night of the soul and you know, what, I yeah. suppose one of the things that pulled me through that was really having children because I recognized that for me to make dietary changes for myself that my ancestry had never done. Like, you know, all studies show that our hominid ancestry lived in nature, eating plants and animals in various forms. They ate everything they get hold of, really. If you think about going out into the mountains in Cape Town and surviving. If you want to try to be a vegan, you'd be dead within a couple of weeks. There's just not enough nourishment there. You know, in Cape Town, for example, you would definitely live on the coast. You would eat coastal seafood, shellfish, stuff like that would definitely be a part of you. So also just recognizing that I was experimenting with something that was very new. And I don't think, you know, I think it's possible for someone to be vegan and certainly vegetarian, but you've got to be very conscious and you're going to have to supplement. And for me, that just it wasn't part of what I wanted to do to be healthy. So recognizing that for my child to be healthy and to grow healthy because their brains are developing at a high rate when they're young, they need DHA, for example, which is an animal source omega-3. You can get a little bit of it from algae, but the, the cost is huge to get enough of those omega-3s from those kinds of supplements. And so I tested, I was basically going like, I'm going to get the cleanest possible quality foods and let Katara try them and see how she found it. So I remember when we got eggs for the first time, farmer eggs. Actually, it was um, the, 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 the farm we were living on. We got eggs from the farm, you know, best part of the ever. Mm-hmm. And Katara, she had no off button. She just ate and ate until she was finished. And then she didn't want it for like another two weeks. And so it was just mm-hmm. checking because, you know, her system was so clean and so clear. You know, she hadn't been vaccinated. She was born at home, no hospitals. Like, just clean and clear. So she kind of like was a bit of a testing for me to go, okay, if we add this in, does she want it? And yeah. is she going to get into like a craving thing? Because that was something I also believed quite a lot is that animal foods, mm-hmm. you crave them. 
mm-hmm. and then recognizing in her and then in me that there might be a craving, but as soon as you've had it, it's gone. It's released. You know, I might not want it for a week or a month after that, but being in tune with your body and its needs and its desires is your primary way of keeping your sovereignty because you don't have to listen to anyone outside telling you this diet is good this nutrient is good science says this is good you're like i live in a clean body when i eat food i can feel what it does to me i can feel what i need and i move towards what i need picking the cleanest most healthy most environmentally friendly sources possible and then for me i also just got a big wake-up call when i started realizing that a lot of the vegan rhetoric was just inaccurate you know, I believed a lot of what people were saying uh, 10, 15 years ago about uh, the environment, for example, and that cattle are the primary like greenhouse emitters and, you know, farming mm. animals is the biggest destructive force in the planet. And then recognizing a lot of that science just isn't solid enough. It's, it's you know, inaccurate numbers, retractions, and also just farming methods. I'm not suggesting factory farming animals is a good idea. I think it's a blood. It's terrible for the earth. Earth, it's terrible for the farmers, terrible for the people that eat it, it's terrible for the animals. I mean that, but supporting local farmers, like doing great work, that's an entirely different thing. So my diet has very much evolved now to, I don't have boxes, you know. My box is natural, clean food, if that's a box. And I very much listen to myself. I mean, we have, Katara has her own chickens. They all have names. They lay eggs for us, you know, so we... We, we try and bring animal foods into our lives by doing it ourselves as far as possible. You yeah. know, we have cows. Um, I'll make kefir from the milk of those cows. You know, so just, and I understand most people can't do that, although maybe they used to be able to do that because that's yeah. where we come from. Now, mm-hmm. like, oh, geez, I need to go to the supermarkets. Um, you know, you just got to make better choices like that. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree. I agree with you. I've also been experimenting a lot with the different movements and the different things that's awesome um i am i i do want to just point this out there i'm also not um saying anything because i'm also just observing and i also agree with you about not putting things in boxes but for through my research and understanding like raw raw veganism is where we want to be ultimately at the at the far end of the spectrum um because when you when you talk about there are those new uh, deficiencies and things but it's also about that uh, the light frequency and the biophotons that we consume and mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of that takes time a lot of time to for all of us to evolve to be able to handle that light and um you know there's there's a lot of theories of quantum physics and the the living field the zero point field and and how we can tap into that field and and um tune into that and always have that constant energy unlimitless uh limitless energy and it takes time it takes time and i think that having raw food as well um to be able to Get your body in tune with working with that light, working with the light frequencies and tuning, tapping into that, getting outside in nature, getting connected to the earth and Father Son and all of these different practices like you've um, experienced all plays a part. And I think that, I think that eating grass fed, high quality meats and um, free, real free range eggs and, um, 
combining that together is stepping stones for us to eventually. And I don't, you know, I think I'm talking like maybe 50 years down the line because we really have to tune into that uh, on a spiritual level. Because yeah, um, maybe, also, maybe lifetimes, that's the other thing, maybe yeah. lifetimes. And that's why lifetimes, I mean, yeah. you allow your body to be your guide in the process, because I agree with you, mm-hmm. there is a process, although I don't necessarily agree that raw veganism is the ultimate goal. I think if you hold something like that, you're going to be driving it in a certain direction versus being open to the frequencies coming in and doing what they need to do whilst you stay as conscious and as present as possible through eating natural clean foods. Then, you know, if the, mm. if your energy evolves to a point where you can be a breatharian and a sun gazer, like, you know it. You won't have to believe it. Mm. You know it because mm. you'll be doing it. Yeah, it's not yeah. really a question of if it's good for you or not. You'll be doing it. You'll be like, yes, it's obvious. Mm. You know, and I think that's, mm. and, and I don't think that changed. I mean, maybe it happens in a lifetime. I mean, I think most of us have come in with an idea that there's major change happening in a very short space of time in this earth. Our, our earth is moving into a different area of our solar system right now. And there are major, major changes energetically happening. I mean, this coronavirus worldwide meltdown is an expression of massive energy being poured into the system. So mm-hmm. anything is possible. But stick with, like, how are you feeling today? And what can you do today to be healthy? And if your ideal is to be in harmony with your ancestry, then you'll be safer moving forward to what your ancestors mm-hmm. want for you in your evolution as a species, as, an, as a being. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there so that we're not um, saying that raw veganism does cause deficiencies and v or veganism or whatever. It's not. It's not about those boxes, like you said. It's about going back to your roots, going back to what makes you healthy, and then Absolutely. work towards that. Yeah, yeah, because there are definitely some people that can be on you know vegan plant based diets and they just tend to be a lot more healthy. There definitely are people like that. And if your mm. entire system is in perfect alignment with that, fantastic. You don't need anyone to tell you that. You know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So I think we pretty much um, touched on everything. I just want to maybe bring it all home and summarize. Uh, now, if anyone wants to be getting into health or getting into the world, what what? Should we be doing what? Should, what is our first focus before anything else? Sure. Well, it's fascinating right now because I would suggest going outside, going for a walk in the forest, getting sunlight mm-hmm. on you. I mean, a study just came out that showed that COVID mortality, coronavirus mortality, has decreased forty-fold if you have sufficient mm-hmm. vitamin D levels in your body. So people are going, "Why in South Africa are there so few deaths?" I'm like, "Because the sun shining." Coming out of summer, yeah. people have enough vitamin mm. D sources. Oh, but that's fake news. It gets pulled out of YouTube instantly when it's a scientifically referenced study. It's insane. So it would be get outside, get fresh air, go and visit your friends and family, go have dinner with them, some delicious homemade f- food that your mother made or your grandmother made, like honoring your ancestry. Like that is the mm-hmm. most profound thing. When you have mm-hmm. dinner with your family and you know, like your mom, your grandmother cooked it and it was food from her garden or food from the local market, like the love is held throughout that whole process. You feel that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, that would be my, my primary thing, but you got to break the law currently to be healthy. So uh, <laughs> I didn't tell you to break the yeah. law. I just told you what makes you healthy. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly in your own home, getting into eating higher quality nutrition stuff that you know that isn't full of chemicals, isn't full of poisons, 
is is essential. I mean, that's going to start your detox process and your re-nourishing process for sure. Mm-hmm. And for those who want to go deeper, I know that you've you've been doing some workshops and also being quite active during this time to help people educate themselves on health. How can how can they find you? Yeah, I mean, I see the fear levels out there are off the charts. You know, I haven't had a TV for more than 20 years, but I get that some people Mm. still watch the news and some people still think that what's on the news is what's actually happening in the world. Like, I go into town and I'm first like flabbergasted that everyone's walking around with masks because there is zero scientific studies that show that masks help you to not catch viruses if you even can catch mm-hmm. a virus, zero. If anything, I would travel around with a document which is a, a cohort study showing 14 different studies that show the exact opposite, that masks are dangerous to you, like mm-hmm. on many different levels. So if someone says uh-huh. to me, why aren't you wearing masks? I'm like, here you go, this is called science. It's not called fabricated fear, which is what's happening mm-hmm. on the news. So my whole intention right now is just to give people that information, be like, you don't have to be scared. There's nothing to be scared about. How many people do you know who have had coronavirus who have died from it? No, none. None for that. I've asked yeah. hundreds of people the same question, and it's the same answer I get every single day. And then I get the oh, other man. answer, which is like, oh, but the news says so many people are dying. I'm like, oh, okay, so now you believe uh, an apparition on a glass screen over the reality of your experience of life. Now, that's called delusional. Extremely, mm-hmm. that is how people lose their power in this world. They believe delusions over reality. You want reality, you go out in your world and you speak to people in your world, even if you have to do it on the phone right now, and you say, hey, they say there's a pandemic, is there? Do you know anyone? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy stuff. So just delete yeah. the fear immediately. The only thing currently that needs to be scared of is what the government is doing to this economy and to people's livelihoods. I mean, that's something to be scared of, but that's not unique to South Africa. The whole world is going through this process for whatever reasons. And, you know, we can talk about reasons forever. It's not, <laughs> not a part that we can get into now. But certainly yeah. do not be scared of viruses. Like viruses have been around forever. Our ancestry have dealt with all of them forever. Yeah. Like we wouldn't yeah. exist as humans right now if we didn't know how to deal with viruses. It's what we have an immune system for. Granted, if your immune system is damaged because you eat junk food, and you don't sleep enough and you stress constantly and, you know, you do other lifestyle things. I mean, sure, then you can maybe be worried that you're going to get sick, but it's going to be coming from internally. It's not going to be coming from outside. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, mm-hmm. a lot of – so we're doing a lot of workshops and courses. Next week I'll do one more on protein and on vegan vegetarianism. Um, I do Zoom conference calls for that. If people want to join, they can just join our, our Soaring Free Superfoods um, Instagram page and we'll let them know about that. Uh, and then, you know, as soon as uh, we can actually congregate in groups bigger than two, um, I do workshops and retreats on my farm out here so people can get a, you know, hands-on experience of what health can look like too. Uh, mm. But for now, it's all mm. digital. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. And I appreciate the, that the visceral experience of being out there and, and seeing how it is can help a lot of people. But I uh, appreciate what you're doing, what you can right now. So thank you. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, question reality. It's know thyself and question reality and then recognize that you have the power in your hands to be healthy. It doesn't depend on anyone else and you can get started on that. Mm. Thanks, Peter. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Great pleasure. I love chatting to you. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cheers. Okay, cool. Down, man.